I'm Andre, and you are listening to episode number 91 of the RC After Hours podcast titled Emergency Landings. Landings, because I had more than one. Um, I wasn't going to do the podcast this weekend, and as I started scratching through my notes, I actually have enough content and enough to discuss about to go. Um, next weekend is the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, so I'm hoping to snag a guest in between all the... Uh, family gatherings and a little bit of flying hopefully um this weekend it's been wet absolutely wet so it's sunday i figured i'd uh, crack up the uh the podcast machine and see if we can crank out an episode and like i said last weekend i got in a lot of flying there were actually several maidens and two count them two two bad landings two emergency landings and at least two solid really bad lousy tosses of, of planes that needed some good weight behind them to get get in the air. Um, so the episode is there. There's content. There's information. There's questions. So I'm going to actually lean in on the uh, on some of the guests, not the guests, but some of the, the, the show regulars uh, who are listening and watching and everything. And hello out there in the YouTube land. Hello to those listening to the episodes on uh, their podcast applications or apps. Uh, let me get off my headphones because I don't need those on for the rest of the show. Uh, eventually, yes, I will get back into throwing guests up on the hot seat behind me on the big screen and we'll have some uh, <laughs> landings are mandatory. Thank you, Steve. Yes, they are. Um, so we'll uh, we'll continue firing on through. So I guess we'll get right on to it. The emergency landings. I had the opportunity to finally get out the Dynam ME262. Uh, this is an aircraft I picked up from a friend who had a pancake experience with it and snapped the wings and everything we traded off i got in there with some foam tack i re-glued the wings fixed the cells and everything and i have to say if you're going to have an emergency landing with a jet the me262 is like the prime candidate there was nothing wrong with it um i actually have the edit i have to finish editing the video so everybody can see them uh see what i was talking about but um everything checked out on the ground which was the annoying part right and uh you know it's a standard medium but i like the Dynam ME262. Uh, I, I have it here, but it's, it's just not enough room to put it in the background with me and hold it and show it off. Um, it's a 4S EDF ship, twin 70 mil, five blade. So older, an older, older, older design. And compared to the free wing, uh, the wing is more floaty. So it's a really relaxing three-minute flight. I fly it off with a 4S5000 and, you know, got in there about three minutes of various throttling. Uh, so it's a nice jet. Lots of room to update. I could put in a six-blade or 12-blade and punch those ESCs up to uh, to 70, sorry, 80-amp ESCs easily. But I don't think the jet needs it. What the jet needs is reliable retracts. Uh, and uh, so I take off, you know, do all the tests and everything. Everything looks great. You know, got the nose gear working because initially I had some issues with that. And uh, <laughs> I'm flying along and the videos are kind of humorous because I'm like, click, gear down. And I get one. One out of three comes down. And I'm like, hmm, let's just cycle that. I got a minute. Cycle the gear. Nothing. And I'm like, oh no. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm coming to... And you can hear the guys in the background screaming, your gear is up, your gear is up. I'm like, no, no, declaring an emergency. And I come in. I wish I'd flared a little bit more because I kind of caught the nose at the very last of it. But like I said, if you're going to belly land a uh, an EDF on grass, 
uh, the two the two is like the, the go-to plane to do it and it came in there was no damage plugged the battery plugged it back in cycled the gear no problem let's go again right and we test it all out no problem second flight exact same thing come around land done cycle the battery gear goes so it's one of several options it's my receiver it's a, uh, a power, so it needs a back, maybe. It's interference from those older EDFs, uh, sort of the EDFs and ESCs, and or just really bad uh, wiring and, and setup on the retracts. I've read some obscure posts where they need to be oiled, lubricated, and all this stuff, but I don't think that's the answer. Um, a couple things I will say I noticed. Uh, I, di I didn't have any issues in flight with, with the power. Like, one gear came down. So my gut feeling is it's an interference thing. And the wires are, the, ES, the, the, um, the servo wires coming off the, the, the gear are really thin. And I'm wondering if they're getting interference from those uh, ESCs are just, you know, booming away all kinds of RF interference, right, when they're, when they're working. So I'm actually going to, and I hope to do it this weekend, but it's miserable out there. I want actually, uh, the Dynam lifestyle is, uh, yes, the, it's a lifestyle for sure. What I want to do is take the jet outside because it's just, it'd be really noisy inside because I want to run this thing at load. I want to have the servos wiggling away and everything, and I want to do gear tests, and I want to reproduce these results, and then I can systematically go through it. And it's almost worthy of taking a camera out and doing a video, I think, because it is a, hmm, now, retracts and all this electronic stuff and all the power stuff and everything have gotten a lot better. So I'm going to hit it through a system of uh, uh, sounds like electronic cycling reboot. Uh, do it. Brian, I thought about that, but I figured it's got to be a load thing because it doesn't show up on the bench without the, the ESCs running. So we'll see. Anyhow, I'm going to run through it and we'll get it. The good news it's a wonderful jet, and I'm so happy to have been able to get out and fly it. I love the fact that it's a twin. I like the fact that it's a 4S and not a 6S monster. And the flights themselves were great. And, and literally, that had been, you know, outside of a couple other small UMX uh, jet flights, that had been the first time I'd flown a jet in a while. So it, it was kind of nice just to spark that flying again. I know it's late in the season, and, and 21 has just been a ugh. But I guess... I keep telling myself positive, in a positive manner that everything I'm doing right now is setting up for a huge successful season into 22. Uh, and, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and, and that's with the podcast and everything. So there are, there are copious amounts of notes. There's copious amounts of ideas as far as how to take the show and keep moving it and keep moving it and keep moving it. Right. So, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's been a super, uh, week as far as getting out and flying. It was really nice to get out there and, and go and just zoom around um, and, and fly and have a fun time. Uh, so <laughs> so the, next, the next thing I have to declare is the fact that, uh, yeah, I, uh, I smacked up a brand new out-of-the-box plane right away. First throw, boom, into the deck and cracked it. And... Um, for those who've done it, you know the pain. This in my hands I'm holding is the UMX V2 A10. And I had a buddy do the exact same thing on his brand new aircraft right away. 
it's all about the throw. Uh, and for me, I, and again, I have a video in post I have to finish off, but the, the, the proper throw to get this thing in the air is a good underhand toss. Uh, I'm flying it off some 3S800s, so they get jammed back in there. So the forward weight is kind of significant. And, you know, I cracked it twice. Two bad little throws. And, uh, and, and just... You know, uh, put it back together though. Some some foam safe CA glue, a little bit of hot glue in one or two spots, and tape, and it was back together. I even have run um, the little uh, IC2 to uh, XD30 adapter I made up and bought and perf. And I found so if anybody has this aircraft, they'll probably relate that Velcro on the inside is extremely strong. Uh, so I ended up sliding the battery with the Velcro on the other side, and then I've got these little pieces of thick foam that you get from you know various motors and FPV kit and I shoved that in there in the nose to help balance the uh, the battery and keep it towards the back once I got familiar with how to throw this aircraft um, it uh, it was a beautiful thing uh, it flew great it looked great I had my telemetry experience for the first time on the DX9 and I didn't like it <laughs> or it didn't like my batteries because on full throttle takeoff or whatever or like a really aggressive throttle setting the alarms start going off that I'm pulling too many amps or I'm really doing a lot of harm on the battery da, 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 da. so I'm like fiddle through the menu turn that off because obviously it's a little inaccurate or can't be balanced and so on so I had to get used to that uh, here's a thought uh, gear up and then try gear down uh, Brian, so on the ground, it, it's cycled. Uh, it, uh, going back to the 262 conversation, the gear cycled repeatedly. Uh, power on, power off, and everything. So like I said, I think it's a sustained thing when it's in the air. It could actually be too much um, air pressure on the ray tracks, but I don't think so because one came down. So my thought is that it's the motor and the power system at like, you know, 75% cruise or whatever, and just the the system is either throwing a lot of interference. Like I said, I will step through it uh, bit by bit by bit uh, because I could get the gear to go up, no problem, and only one would come down. Stay tuned for that video, actually, because that'll be that'll be an interesting little thing to follow through. Uh, back to the UMX experience. So once I got the E10 flying, that was amazing it, it actually was a really rewarding aircraft to fly it looks great the silhouette um it's got a really slow roll rate even at 100 percent throws and stuff like that uh turned off safe right away and just flew with the umx or sorry the as3x settings and it was great uh and then this little guy uh a couple comments of people you know there this this came out of my buddy's estate uh when we picked up a couple planes i took it home i see i got some more repairs to do uh <laughs> and it is more tape and hot glue and everything but this is the umx mig 15 the red and white one i think the silver one's the current one and every time i look at it i see another little thing where a little bit of repair can be done and everything a little tlc uh but um runs in those little two two s 800s or sorry tw 280 uh, milliamp batteries and I've been sort of piecing it back together, but again, one really good throw, and uh, it's it's off, and it flies really well, and you get a decent amount of time on the on on the little 2S pack. Uh, that little motor is spinning for all it's worth, but it's kind of fun, and you know, it's 
It's a good little aircraft. So I've been having a lot of enjoyment out of this thing. And it's, in fact, that I went and I picked up some more little 2S packs uh, just because it's been so nice. I don't know if it'll fly in the winter, but I certainly have a few weeks of fall flying before it gets uh, even ticket. It looks good. Yes, even with tape and glue and everything, it still looks fun. I tried some red uh, acrylic paint on it just to see if I could cover it up. And I'm like, nah, it's, it's worthy of its battle scars. It's a fun little air aircraft. Um, and then, while I was in the middle of acquiring all these new flying creatures, this one popped into the fleet. And this is a little, I think it was a studio, I don't remember. Anyhow, I picked it up for $30, a little uh, Fokker uh, D7. I put a motor on it, I painted an 8x4 prop, uh, you know, that was orange so it doesn't look so hideous. And I uh, picked up a little motor off of... of um, Amazon of all places. Let's see if that's going to pop up and show it. Because uh, the stuff I was running was way too aggressive from a KV perspective. And I was hit, I was doing a lot of harm to the ESCs, the batteries, and everything. So I can't wait to get this guy out flying. Uh, I can fly it off a 2S500 or uh, 3S500. And it, and that motor setup will handle it. So it's it's kind of cool to, um, to see how well that's going to go. I'm seeing if I can get my mouse over here so I can scroll down that screen. My mouse has gone into oblivion. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out after. Uh, but nice little thing. I've always wanted something small and pocket pokey. Like, uh, and I mentioned that in the other podcast uh, episode that uh, it was just a fun, fun little airplane and, and a really nice opportunity. So, you know, a, what is that? Like a $16 motor or something like that. $17 motor, $30 for the bite. And I've got myself a fun little biplane. It had all the servos and everything into it threw on stuff uh, this motor is a 1300 kV I was running as high as like a 3100 kV and it was really pushing everything and then obviously you get the props too small and the batteries were coming out too hot and all this jazz so um, yeah so it's uh it'll be fun it's super simple the most aggressive thing I had to do is drill the front cowl uh, with a drill bit to just get the motor through Probably could have set the motor back a little bit, but I did this weird, uh, it's hideous behind the cowl actually, uh, but because the previous owner had done a lot of cutting. So I took a motor, uh, an, an FT style wood motor plane, and I sandwiched the motor mount in between the front, the firewall, the motor mount, and then the plate, and then screwed them all together. And, and that kind of seems to work and keep the motor nice and centered and away from the cowl enough. Then the cowl is just taped on, so it's pretty simple for servicing. Speaking of 2S things, do I have it nearby? Yeah, I do. Okay, um, I'm not a heli guy. <laughs> I flew this poor thing. I was on my third or fourth flight, and I clipped. I was trying to do little landings in my little blade. Uh, what is this? The MCPX BL. Now there's version 2 out. Um, and I clipped the base hard and I broke like the I guess it's a swash or something a piece and I lost a link and I patched it all back together it'll probably vibrate a little bit more but I can fly a heli uh just don't ask me to land anywhere near an object that I'm gonna go actually in my defense I got behind it and I was trying to come back up and I guess I clipped it and it thing the, the heli did the standard spiral death thing and ripped itself to pieces so uh again a little 2s uh 280 they're version 2 now, and my only thing I've noticed about the heli thing, uh, and my only concern, is getting spare parts. Uh, and, you know, can I get blades and everything? Because otherwise the journey is going to be really short. But it was fun. I mean, 
I used my DX9 and I was playing with the rates and learning about the different modes and everything. And I was, uh, you know, this thing is pretty small, perfect for the backyard. The 230S might be a better machine for me on 3S, but then that's a little bit more power, a little bit bigger blades, and a little bit more risk and parts required and everything, right? So this has been good, and like my thumbs are moving. Like you, when you're flying a heli, you're really pushing, I find I'm pushing myself uh, to just keep up with it and keep, try and keep it. And my goal is just to hover and move it around and get, and then eventually I'll get used to flying forward with it. Uh, it's like, you know, flying a quad times 10 in my view, maybe not times 10, but it's certainly a lot more focused, a lot more concentration. But uh, you know what? It took a hit and it's still up. If I can get a few spare parts this afternoon, I will uh, I will try and uh, see if I can uh, you know repair it and get it back to full operating strength so I can keep flying this thing. Because uh, I do want to learn and I do want to move my skills up because I think that's one of the cool things with the helis. It, it seems like a good challenge. I'm not too interested in you know TikToks and stuff like that. So uh, looking forward and remember the last time, this time I'm especially planning the snow this year uh yeah uh, <laughs> uh brian said the word snow that's not fair uh no winter flying is in the back of my mind figuring out what i want to put on skis and what's going to get what's going to get flown and uh, yeah that will be interesting to see uh where the changes are and and <laughs> And what what works out well as far as winter flying goes, uh, there are going to be a few little uh, changes to the fleet, I think, as I go and just as I move through. But between now and, and that, you know, less ideal weather, I think I still have a chance to, to get one or two more jets up in the air. And like things like I've got the... Um, the Havoc, uh, which is just sitting down here. It's another big jet, and that was... I, I got that a, a little while. Uh, you've flown the big 3D plane yet. Uh, which is the big 3D one? Oh, the, the Spitfire. Um, okay. We'll cover that here in a second, because that's a good little question, Quinn. Uh, so I'm going to try and get a few more of the jets up in the air, and that is my goal and to just push through and try and get uh, a few of those planes I have not flown yet checked off. And uh, we'll cover off one more subject of that. So I programmed up the, um, the, the Havoc and I had a few other jets ready to go and I was kind of using the ME experience just to get myself back into that three minute threshold to land. Uh, I had a beautiful flight on the PT-17 and that kind of just spurred on to keep pushing all these aircraft and keep pushing as far as getting those planes out and flown. Now, Quinn, you asked about the big 3D printed aircraft. Um, uh, oh, the extra. Yeah. <laughs> See? See the hit list? Okay, first... The 3D Spitfire. I now have another motor. Uh, I, I now have another motor, and I'm, I'm semi-tempted to try to get that aircraft into the air. I have zero faith that it's going to make it, so I kind of don't want to risk anything really good with those motors and everything. So we'll see. The extra, um, it was on my hit list uh, in, in September to try and push through. Um, I got a few things I need to do on it before I try and fly it. Um, not that I'm worried about it. It's just I want to make sure everything is correct. And the one thing that I think I mentioned in the other podcast was I wasn't happy with the throttle linkage and just to get into the garage. And, you know, the birthday weekend was kind of just go and fly. And then this weekend I was just soaking wet. So I just don't want to have to pull anything out and everything. Um, 
the extra is the uh, the the Pilot RC 92 inch extra. Yes, so the orange one. Uh, so it will come. I don't think it's going to be this year, but if it isn't, then it'll definitely be ready for next year. I also have a Nitro Cub and I have the Hangar 9 Cub, which is sitting in Illinois still. So there's still lots going on, but like like I said, we're building towards 2022 now, and and all the possibilities. And there there's a biplane that needs to be finished and covered and everything. So it's going to be a lot of different experiences in the 22. Also been some stuff in the background that have happened that is going to make the RC hobby a little easier for me. So, you know, so it's all good. Uh, some failures, I would say some lack of, uh, you know, getting through a few of the tasks that I need to do, a few of the builds I need to do. Uh, but we'll get around to it. Now, on some of the other things that are lingering from 2020 into 21 is I would love to bring this thing on camera, but behind the camera over there is the uh, Sky Hunter 1.8 meter twin project. And that's what I worked on yesterday. And that was the initial plan was to fly the thing in full manual. And I'm like, okay, now I got to wire up a back, got to do all the EC wiring and all this stuff. I might as well just jump into that INAV board. And that was the yesterday. I mean, all encompassing. I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but when you jump out of um, doing... Um, projects and everything like the, the amount of knowledge that i dropped <laughs> as far as recalling what i needed to do in inav and everything and then i'm like okay well i'll put in my little you know one of my little uh tbrc nano uh receivers right well of course the transmitter's like yeah when i plug that in the transmitter's like yeah you need to update and i meant updating everybody everything and I'm laughing because I'm talking with Sean, I'm talking with Frank, and we're just like going through and I'm like, oh, what steps am I missing here? What is stepping is missing there? Everything needs to be updated. And if you've used the agent, uh, the uh, TB, uh, Team Black Sheep, um, uh, Agent X, my one gripe with that thing is it doesn't let me label what the receivers are. So I'm having to figure out which one is which and everything. Anyhow, long story short, it's one of those, ah, I remember what to do. Get in there. Now everything is updated. Change the power. I do need to get into my Tyrannus. I need to put in those scripts so I can do things like change power. Because my issue I had last year was this was set for 500 uh, milliwatts for power. And in the winter... It's too much draw for the radio, and the radio will actually shut down. And I had that happen a few times while I was trying to fly the uh, the little uh, uh, Defiant Renegade. So, uh, so if I can get in there and program it without plugging in the laptop, wonderful. If not, right now for inside the house, I just set the thing down to 25 milliwatts, but I'll have to go back and reset that. And that means, you know, putting a USB-C into the laptop, talking to it. But if I actually sit down and program the radio it'll be a little better at least i'm told <laughs> so many things uh but back to the inav experience so i've been wiring up the gps and everything i wired up the receiver uh i've got the little bluetooth module that andrew sent me that i'm going to put in there and see if i can get that the little uh the b busy b or whatever uh see if i can get that working um and then it's going to go in there and the nice thing is uh the black sheep the nanos are 12 channels so that opens up i initially had eight and i'm like wait a minute i know there's more so i can open up and do all my flight controls and and then andrew newton's videos have been extremely useful for that as far as programming in the inav so the last year's issue with that aircraft was i didn't have enough grip so i've actually put on like a skateboard piece of uh tape on the bottom so it feels a lot more grippy as far as holding it and then doing a big 
speaking of toss, big crazy football toss. And, and, and then that'll be in a manual mode and I'll have all the loiter modes, the return to home mode and the fail safes and the alarms and buzzers and whistles. And if it works, it'll be amazing. And then of course, uh, pan and tilt, uh, I'm not going to do an HD link on this thing. It's just going to be a standard 5.8, but I do have all the Fat Shark equipment and everything. Uh, and not Fat Shark, but uh, what is it? Uh, run cam. I got a big old run cam on the noser and, and the pan and tilt and everything, which is programmed into the radio sliders. And then I'll have the uh, the Trinity off the Fat Shark goggles. So a little bit of everything. It's kind of like this cool little mix of technology. And then eventually I can try the Mavlink stuff and the down the, the downlinks and everything. So that aircraft is on the uh, on the horizon to, to go flying again, which is cool. Again, it was supposed to be a 6S ship, but now it's just a 4S 5000. Darn, eh? But, you know, spinning 9-inch props uh, on some nice G1000 KV GT, uh, what are they, uh, Emacs or whatever motors. So it's, uh, it's a good little setup. I'm just running through my notes to see what else. I don't have it here, but we've been crawling a little bit more uh, as the fall weather changes and everything. The weekend, the guys were up and everything. We had a lot of fun, and I went and I put a bunch of lights on one of my uh, the Axial crawlers. I don't know if anybody does crawlers as well, but we've been just having a ton of fun with that. And like I mentioned, into the fall builds and everything, we're going to get into doing a bunch of different projects. And where is one of them? <gasps> I'm sorry, Sam. I gotta get around to this. I probably would have been a really good day last week to uh, get in there and start building these these um, hangar RC uh, planes. Uh, but like I said, I just I felt like tinkering. I felt like soldering, and that was just you know there's something relaxing about going through and doing a good solder job. So that's what I did, and you know plugged in the laptops and just bounced around between the bench and everything. But I will get back into doing some good old foam board scratch building. Uh, and the, that first one, the seven from Hangar RC is next. And then after that, it'll be the Harvard slash Texan. Uh, and that'll be good. And then the other uh, thing that's been on my mind has been simulators. Uh, we kind of started doing that last year uh, when the weather was really bad, getting in there with uh, real flight and then obviously the Microsoft flight simulator. This computer seems to do it pretty well. It's actually you know been holding up uh, to the demands and I'm on the cusp of thinking about VR. I don't know if anybody does VR out here, but I've been kind of just you know thinking about do I want to try and pick up a VR headset, but I'm reluctant. I really am. I've got many friends who enjoy it and say it is like so awesome to do. But I'm like, oh, is it going to be yet another excuse to have a, something in front of my eyes and sitting in a chair, you know, more time behind a bench? And I'm not sure I want to do that to myself. I'm kind of like, you know, be outside, you know, in the fresh air, having fun, doing stuff, flying, exercise, you know, all that activity stuff uh, versus behind the desk but there's something really cool about you know logging in with your buddies and throwing up a, a, a chat on uh, on wherever service you guys decide and just hanging out and flying whether it's like a real flight with a with a stick or if you're getting into microsoft flight simulator uh, and doing it so eh, i haven't quite decided um if, either way i know i want to get some more screens on that monitor set up back there and just um you know expand that i tried the podcast uh, i should put out a picture i tried the podcast screen but it's too curvy and didn't didn't really do it so if i was you know i'm in 
two or three nice displays and you're on the same price as basically looking at like a quest 2 or something goggles so leave a comment uh in the chat leave a comment in the video email me whatever what you think about some of the fall stuff whether you're into the uh, real flight because i know real flight would be amazing to get my uh my my heli skills up and apparently i need to fly invert it more often according to to everybody uh winter flying wise now i guess i will step back into that uh i've got lots of high wings for ski with, that can take skis uh and so those aircraft will go out maybe i'll revisit the float planes and stuff like this for winter flying and just see what ones get modified i know there's a couple i didn't even touch but i also have the omp planes that that need to be uh reflown because uh, they haven't seen any wheel time and they have definitely not seen enough ski time so there, there are lots to do there's lots to fly there's lots to talk about um and then for the podcast please uh if you've got ideas and suggestions about guests or stores or people do cool things that uh, that want to come on and talk about the whatever they do their product or their or just their philosophies for rc varsity hobby bring it uh send it my way and we'll uh, we'll see if we can get going i know david from uh, the wing simulator uh, would like to come on the show very soon because apparently that application is going to be a year old very soon. Isn't that crazy? I fly in that one every once in a while uh, and I do need to get back into that one. I wonder how that would be in VR um, or even just being able to plug HDMI into a set of goggles and go that way. That might be a really immersive experience, but like I said, there's some benefits just to having multiple screens and just sitting back and flying. So it sounds like it's going to be a quite an interesting um, fall. Uh, and hopefully the weather holds out and we'll go from there. Uh, I didn't have too much other to talk about. Oh, what we got? We got something from Robert here. Hold on. Uh, hot paws and batteries work great in the winter. Uh, and flying really... <laughs> Flying weight of only 48 uh, grams and lasts seven hours. So you're saying to wrap your battery in a hot paw? That's kind of interesting. I've never, um, it was interesting, I've never had, the only time I've ever had batteries come down um, is, uh, <laughs> only ever time I've ever had battery issues was with some of the early 1Ss, like the, the little ones. That one, that airplane I flew last year, the little uh, 1S P51 Mustang, the batteries surprised the heck out of me. It was a good minus 20 Celsius or something like that. So, uh, yeah. So, a Drone Lord Simulation says, Simulating online gaming meets via... Yeah, it is, basically. Uh, online gaming meets field flying with your buddies. Why don't I do this? Yeah. <laughs> you know what, dude? Uh, Drone Lord... It's actually a really good experience, uh, and it's funny because I mean we we got there especially when when I got my real flight nine. Uh, we're talking you know early pandemic stuff. Um, connect to the guys. We would get on. Uh, we'd get onto a chat. Uh, you know everybody just turn on their voices so you hear everybody versus trying to text and type and everything. And you know my wife was commenting that she could hear us giggling away because I mean it's it's a flight simulator right so you're doing stuff that you know some of us some people were super serious about their hovering and getting it just right meanwhile the rest of us are storm barnstorming away and just being goofy and overpowering their aircraft and everything because that's the whole point of it so uh, 
yeah, uh, it can be interesting. I know we've got a Discord channel that I don't pay nearly enough attention to, so I think um, uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to try about that. Dave's cool. Just updated wings, and you can build your own course. That's really cool from Robert. Uh, and then back to the hot pockets. That's a really neat idea, actually, for some of the bigger airplanes, particularly if you're out for a bit. Um, Later into the season, I will do that uh, you know, winter flying 101 for anybody on the East Coast. And anybody who's Southern and doesn't have to deal with that problem, they can just, you know, listen to the podcast and giggle at as far as how far we are, how much we torture ourselves to go flying. But I remember early on uh, when I first got into flying, uh, it was, you know, okay, go. And um, with some of the stuff that's changed recently, it's probably going to be easier and like, you, I've learned that, you know, okay, sun's going down, we got a little bit of opportunity, one aircraft, battery already in the aircraft, throw it in the car, nothing you have to build, get out there with either your gloves or your transmitter mitt, and and, and don't even do a belly a belly lander or any aircraft you can toss, it's got something with gear, right? We, we know all these little things. Um, I love flying long range, so I need the heat. Yo, I could bet with your feet. Even then, uh, or even the oh, the aircraft battery too. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be very interesting actually to see that how well that would work. Because I guess as the pack gets lower, wouldn't the heat resistance go up as it goes? But either way, you start running into, and this is something that, that I've covered before in a couple articles and uh, other podcasts, um, as with the, when the batteries are really cold and unhappy, they get really sluggish. So you you. You can feel it when you're flying, so um, it, it's an interesting topic. So I'll put that into future show notes to talk about it. I'm just checking how long this episode has been going for because my timer didn't work again. Uh, not only for when you're <laughs> pushing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushing yourself and having fun, pushing the range. I haven't done a long-distance flight in a while, and I don't think I'll have a chance to in a bit, but I'm looking forward to getting some of these iNav ships out and set up just for that. So I just have that little extra bit of um, redundancy, I guess is the right word. But even then, we know those those boards don't always uh, live up to uh, their expectations. But it'll just be nice to have some kind of setup where I can launch, put the aircraft in loiter mode, set myself up, get my goggles going, everything perfectly fine, and then re-engage into a flight mode that, and, and have some fun. And I really want to see what that big Skyhunter can do. I think, uh, I know it's not going to be too sporty or anything, but it should just be able to float around really good and kind of, you know, put up, uh, put up uh, a little bit more of a, a flight time and a little bit more feature set than compared to, say, my Bixler or something like that. Uh, let's see. I'm still reading some of these comments because everybody's kicked in and starting to engage. So, Drone Lord says, The first time I got on a sim, I purposely crashed uh, tons. Uh, there, just paid for it myself, crashing five times <laughs> in real versus crashing five times in real life. Well, there you go. There you go. And you can, you know, uh, I I use when I, when I go flying, uh, I got the wrong button on. Um, I use it a lot to try and do inverted flight. That's the one skill that I think I've I've lost a little bit over the last season because of just not being able to get through and uh, you know fly with friends and stuff like that. I haven't done any inverted flighting. And then what was I trying to do? The last time I was trying to do a knife edge, and it was just terrible. Just just that that mental thumb coordination. Okay, I got to use the rudder now and everything. I just I couldn't get myself set up. So, I'll probably do that again in in the flight sim and stuff like that this over the winter just to work on my inflighted, uh, you know, turns and stuff and then go from there. Uh 
I do not, I don't think I shot the video, but I flew the commander and I'm super happy to have that back in the fleet. That is the E-Flight commander that came out a few years ago, obviously discontinued by now. Really nice, simple 3S ship. I said, I say it again, I've said it before. It's got a really big wing. It's not a speed demon. To me, it looks like a Spitfire without retracts, uh, with, with fixed gear. Uh, but I took it out and I flew it, and it was just a really, really good time. Um, first time I was out, Steve got the cap drone, got me that that really nice screenshot, uh, and that video will come out eventually because he was trying a 360 cam. And then I flew it again last the the other weekend, and it was just uh, it's a really good airplane. I'm kind of you know it's kind of nice to have it back in the fleet, given everything. Um, and it just does a really good job of flying. Turned off, safe. I don't need it. AS3X is fine in that aircraft. You probably could fly it without, and um, and just get through. Uh, Robert says you'll enjoy iNav. It's a blast. I'm just setting it up on his AR Pro Sonic. You mean, <laughs> you mean one of these guys? <laughs> uh, I, I have a lot of unfinished projects, and this is one of them as well. This one is, again, yeah, my Sonic AR Pro, uh, and I'm going to put, um, I'm going to actually put in that uh, Cadex uh, DJI uh, system into it as well, because this one's actually built for it, and I do have the iNav board and all the GPS and everything, so again, it'll be fun. Uh, I still haven't quite found that perfect aircraft that'll launch, because even this one doesn't have the nice grips on it in the bottom everything, to, to just like get it out of the air. Um, ultimately, I could see myself modifying the Bushmill and turn that into a um, some kind of uh, FPV ship with landing gear and everything that I could fly during the winter because I could throw skis onto it just fine. So we'll see. I've got a lot of ideas. I just, you know, have to actually, you know, follow through and like this, this thing's been, you know, hanging around waiting for me to finish it forever. So hold on, I'm going to put this away. I can't wait to retire. <laughs> There'll be a lot to be, be done. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to check the clock here. The, uh, the show has been running along now for, well, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes. It wasn't meant to be a huge one, just to cover off everything. Uh, wing tossers are my go-to. Yeah, I like... Um, I like a good wing. Uh, my issue I've always found is my transition from FPV, well, with the goggles. I can't dump them down. I find I take too long to do um, the light change. So I find my eyes really slow to react to that. And it's just me. It's always been like that. I notice that right away. So I tend to try and take off with the goggles on, which can work sometimes. Uh, I haven't tried the iNav launch assist. So we'll have to see if I get uh, comfortable with that or not. So just going to go look through my show notes and see if there's anything I've missed outside of uh, the topics that I've covered off. And like I said, this wasn't meant to be a huge episode. Uh, again, uh, throw, uh, throw whoever you think would be interested in coming on, uh, and, uh, being part of the podcast. Otherwise, uh, yeah, um, check out Hangar RC. They, um, they offer an, a, uh, RC After Hours podcast 
coupon or discount code. Same thing with Buddy RC. I think it's still there. I have to talk to them, see what they're going to do. Because obviously they've changed uh, what they do and everything. And let me know who we think should be on the show next. Uh, I'm going to talk to David after this episode because obviously the wings thing reminded me. And we'll see if we can get him in there. Um, gosh, it'd be kind of cool if I can get my uh, my laptop to, to work on and throw that up on the screen. But I'll have David up there anyhow. And we'll discuss that awesome flight simulator, uh, the Wings flight simulator, which is you know built by two guys and everything. And so if you're interested in, uh, in that and you've got the computer to support it and want to try it, by all means, it is probably a very worthy purchase uh, and a neat way to support uh, the, the community. So... On that note, uh, there's a button over here somewhere that lets me turn the music on, I think. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm Andre, and this has been episode 91. Can you believe that? 91 episodes uh, for the RC After Hours. Um, I'm going to keep pushing myself to um, uh, to keep punching out these episodes. Uh, and this is why they're, you're listening to one right now in early October. And see if I can try and get through and push out more content on a more frequent basis now that the setup is a little better and things are going. So keep in mind all those questions I've asked. And you can fire in your email. It's rcafterhourspodcast at gmail.com. It's a really long name, but whatever. Or you can hit us up on social media or hit me up on social media and talk about, you know, you know, what are your ideas for VR and flight sims? Who do you think should be a future guest on the show? Any topic matters you would like me to delve into? Anything you'd like me to look at? And we'll go from there. So again, I'm Andre. Thanks for watching and uh, have a fun October. Talk to you on the next episode. Ciao.